record. Oh, it kept playing again. It did? Oh, <laughs> it did. not on my end. You couldn't hear it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Devoted Dish, you guys. How are we feeling today? So excited. So excited. excited. This, is a, this is our first one. We're going we're gonna to rock it. First episode, the Devoted Dish coming to you live. Um, you're able to join live. You're also, we're going to send it out on a recording so you can take us on the go with you on the road. So we're going to do a quick round of introductions is our first one, just a little bit of high level what this is all about. Our goal is to share the latest and greatest, various topics that are going to be relevant and informative for you um, and have a little bit of fun while we do it. And so we're gonna dish on different topics regarding Medicare Advantage. Um, every other week, keep them nice and short, 15, 20, 30 minutes max. Um, there is the ability to ask questions. So if you are joining live and you wanna ask questions, type them in the chat. We'll try and keep an eye on them and address them as they come in. But we'll do a quick round of intros. My name is Stephanie Merritt. I am one of the hosts of The Devoted Dish. I've been with Devoted for just at a year this last week, actually. Woo! Which is super exciting. So I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, my name is Laura Arrow and I will be dishing it with, is that, can we use that as a verb? Dishing it? Oh, dishing it. Doing it. <laughs> with Stephanie and uh, I am the sales trainer with Devoted and I have been here for over four years. And just so everyone knows, we did not plan the matching of all these like dark colors. Solid coordination <laughs> for our first round. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we just all wound up, you know, with long sleeves. Although I feel like I should not be wearing long sleeves right now. It's getting very warm. <laughs> yeah. Laura, where where are you? I'm in Florida. I'm, I'm hanging out in the Florida market these days. Nice and toasty. I am in Nebraska. Um, you guys, I will say it was a 40 degree weather day at the beginning of the morning versus 22, which was the other day. So we're on our way in the right direction. You are moving on up in the world. <laughs> moving on up. Um, we are also joined today by our very first guest. Set those standards high, sir. We've got high expectations. You want to do a quick intro? Thank you. I'm very honored to be your first guest. My name is Josh Edwards. And I'm on the star ratings team here at Devoted. And I have been here for two and a half years. So kind of in between the two of you guys. With the difference. Um, yeah. But I have been working on star ratings um, at my previous job. I've been doing this for about 10 years now. So um, I love talking about it. And, and I'm, I'm happy to be here. Josh awesome. not only sets the bar high with his uh, knowledge, but also with his bookshelf in the background. Because... <laughs> Which is not fake, you guys. It's not right. fake. It's real. It's not a fake one. Yeah. He can like actually, wow. Isn't that crazy? That's a, it's a lot of books. I listen. I mean, I've got a bookshelf. It's not that impressive. <laughs> are all those books yours? No, my wife's are over here and mine are over here. And if you can imagine when we got together, we had like two books in common. I think it was like The Catcher in the Rye and the Stephen King on writing book. And other than that, we had we didn't have to get rid of any books that were duplicates. <laughs> Two solid books, two solid uh, in common. Strong books. foundation. Gosh. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, you kind of gave us a little bit of a nice little teaser as we're talking about what are we going to dish about today, Laura? What's on what's on the agenda? Well, you know, I figure with the star ratings just coming out and uh, now having the star rating inserts available, it is a great time for us to talk about star ratings and we might do some plugs on our star ratings while we're at it. <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless plug. I like it. Okay, so we are going to start the dish, which means, Josh, you are up, my friend. So just to kind of level set and get things going, talk to us a little bit about what star ratings are and why they're important. Yeah, well, um, star ratings are Medicare's grades for plans like ours, for Medicare Advantage plans. And they come in on um, a one to five scale. So one is the lowest, five is the highest, and they actually have half star increments. So for example, our Texas HMO contract is at four and a half stars. So just a little under five stars, but um, still high up there. Um, and why they matter? Well, um, they're important to me because if they didn't exist, I wouldn't be here with you guys. I wouldn't have this job. Um, but um, they, no, it's um, really at the end of the day, it's about the Medicare beneficiary. So, you know, the people who are shopping for Medicare plans, especially right now in the AEP, a lot of people are, are looking around. There's a lot of commercials on TV and a lot of marketing. And a lot of times beneficiaries are looking at cost and what's covered. You know, those are kind of the two questions I think that people ask a lot. And so this star ratings is a way to kind of insert quality into there. So not only looking at, you know, what services are covered and how and what prescriptions are covered and at what cost. And if there's a monthly premium, what that is, but then, hey, what's uh, what's the quality of this plan? Because really, a lot of these Medicare Advantage plans can look very similar when you're looking at, you know, dollar signs and rows on the spreadsheet or on a, you know, a, a summary of benefits. Yeah. But um, then you start adding it. Oh, this contract's at three stars. This contract's at four stars. That's a pretty big difference right there. So it's like yeah. when I'm on Google and I'm looking at a restaurant and it's got like the dollar signs, like good to know that that's more expensive there. But if they've got that star rating, that's three stars. I'm like, oh, well, my experience is going to be that amazing, uh, especially for that price. Yeah. Some cities have those in the restaurant windows. They'll have like an A or B or yeah. C. And like, you don't want to eat at a place that might be lower <laughs> on the grades. Or I don't want to eat at a place. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Laura, what a great analogy. Because I was thinking as Josh was talking, I'm like, okay, so are these like Yelp reviews? So who who does the star ratings, right? Is it the people who participate in the Medicare Advantage plans and they're like writing in reviews? Or talk to us a little bit about who who's the one that gives the star ratings? Yes, that's a, that's a great question because it is a little more impartial than a Yelp review where you don't know if the person actually went to that restaurant or they just don't <laughs> like the sign out front or heard that the owner is not a nice character. No, it's, um, Medicare is the one that publishes the, the ratings. And so they come from a variety of sources, uh, member surveys, the CAPS member survey that goes out to, to members on the plan. That's a big chunk of it. But then there are some other elements, um, some pharmacy claims, some, you know, uh, inpatient hospital claims and primary care doctor claims, and even um, just some things that the plan itself does, like, do we do things in a timely manner, you know, like turnaround uh, appeals, or mm -hmm. are we able to get an interpreter on the line when somebody calls telesales? So within a certain amount of time, 
just to make sure that we are doing things correctly. So it's, it's kind of a big mishmash of a couple of different areas. Um, but at the end of the day, it all comes through Medicare. So it has that, that Medicare kind of seal of approval. And how long have they been around? Sorry, Laura. I know you're going to kind of jump yeah, in. I was going to ask a question, but you can change, hold on before we change topic. <laughs> Real quick, talking about that, like maybe are there any, um, do you think there's any like subset of ways that plans are measured that a lot of people don't know about? Mm. Oh, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about these, but I mean, the other thing about star ratings and part of the last 10 years, you know, keeping this job for, or keeping in this industry for 10 years, they do change every year too. So sometimes a measure will be retired or sometimes new measures will come on or even sometimes, um, you know, clinically uh, who should get something or shouldn't get something changes. Like right now, there's a lot of talk. Uh, colon cancer screening right now is people age 50 to 75. But there's been a lot of talk now of having people a little bit younger than that be included. So there's discussion Medicare is going to change that measure in the next few years. So things like that do change. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions. And that's one of the things that I always um, say, you know, back when we used to be in the office and even now, like ask questions, you know, if, if a salesperson or if, you know, someone, a network representative has questions, don't make an assumption because it might have changed or maybe it's just a little bit different than the way that you understood it. Um, and that's why, you know, that's why people like me are around and I try to be accessible and, and answer questions quickly and, um, and hopefully in a fun way too. Okay, now you can ask your question, Stephanie. <laughs> oh, what, when did they start? Oh yeah, when did they start? <laughs> yeah, when did they kind of get started and what was the foundation of them? What was kind of the driving factor that created the star ratings? Well, I mean, it started, I believe in 2008 or 2009, but there have been different quality systems before that. Um, and really, it has always been that that quality aspect to make sure that people know what they're signing up for. There is also um, uh, money to better that is paid to plans like ours now is a little bit tied in, up into it. Like there are different amounts that if you are at four stars or above, you get paid differently than if you're at three or three and a half stars or below. Um, but that's been more recent. And that was just so they didn't want Medicare didn't want to create another whole rating system when they already had one that existed that they could tie the dollars to. Oh, going with that, Josh, I heard something the other day that I did not know was true. And then I reached out to you and you were great to answer it. But, and I answered um, quickly. Yeah, and you answered it super quickly. So I heard that if you're a four and a half star, you actually get paid the same as if you were a five star. Now, you don't get the bragging rights. But is that true? You get paid the same if you're a four and a half star or if you're a five star? That's true. There's two different ways that Medicare um, gives money to, to plans like ours. And, and one is um, the rebate percentage that you get a certain amount back, depending on what county you're in. And then there's also a quality bonus payment. And so those amounts are exactly the same for four and a half or five star contracts. Um, and then there's different amounts for, you know, if you're below that. Um, and so the biggest difference in, in a four and a half and five star is that five star, and I, you're probably gonna ask a question about this later, but the five star um, special election period where beneficiaries can switch to a five star plan at any point during the year. They, they don't need to um, wait to the annual election period. They don't need to have any other kind of um, you know, life-changing event. Perfect, you read my mind, Josh. So you are just like such a great first uh, person, person. Who are you? Josh. Person. 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 Person.
guest speaker. Um, cause you were like right on it. Cause I'm like, okay, so talk to me a little bit. If they're getting paid out the same, obviously you want the five stars, but what are the big differentiators? Why, what's the difference if you're getting paid the same between a four and a half and a five star, especially from a broker's perspective? Well, one of the, the things about the five stars, there's a little triangle icon with a star behind it that says five in it. And because like when I was talking about the summary benefits for all these different plans can really look pretty similar. Uh, the marketing, quite frankly, it's a bunch of very athletic, gray haired people, you know, out walking or playing pickleball or doing whatever they're doing. The same stock photos or the same similar photos. But having that five star icon when there's, you know, 10, 20, even more different um, options available to a member, that really helps a plan stand out. Um, and then, you know, I think there is like, you know, uh, Laura had kind of joked, there is kind of a bragging right to say you're a five-star plan or Ohio in Ohio, our HMO contract has been five stars for two years in a row. And so, you know, that is also more rare that there are a lot of plans that kind of go to five, four and a half, five, four and a half, but to be five consistently um, also shows a certain uh, level of quality. Now that's a humble brag if I ever heard one, Josh. And maybe <laughs> Try to weave that in somewhere. Well played. Maybe a time for a quick shameless plug. Do we have any five-star plans? Why, yes, we do, Laura. <laughs> um, our Florida HMO contract, which is our first contract that we, we started with, that achieved five stars this year for the first time. And our Ohio yes, very, very excited. They, they are a very uh, happy bunch down there. And um, our Ohio contract that received five stars last year in its first year of being rated, which is also really, really rare. Although say, I how uncommon is that? Well, I think there were four this year, but before that, it happens, you know, once in a blue moon. Um, so our Ohio contract's been five stars two years in a row. Super exciting. And you had mentioned, too, that we get this now five-star SEP. Um, now, for Ohio, obviously, they've had it for the whole year, so they can just keep using it. But for Florida, when can we start using that um, five-star SEP? December 8th. So the day after the AEP ends, beneficiaries can still sign up. And they can sign up all the way through the end of, of uh, December and be effective with us January 1st. Or if in January they want to sign up with us and use that, they certainly could and, um, and start with us uh, on February. And you only, the only challenge with that, especially in Florida where there are a you know, number of five-star contracts, is people only get that SCP once a year. So they can't switch in April for May 1st with us and then switch to another five-star plan in the, later on in the summer. Um, they get that's a one time use thing. Now, a question that always comes up to me, though, um, is then what if I'm already in a five star plan, right? Like, let's say I'm in a five star plan right now, yet I want to switch to devoted and use that five star SEP. And I haven't used that five star SEP this year. Can I still use that five star SEP if I'm in a five star plan? You certainly can. That's great. I, I lost count of the number of times you said five star in that little sentence. <laughs> yeah. It was impressive. It was really well done. Yeah. Like a little counter, like up here, like little stars. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> oh so good. really well done and josh i know we kind of touched on this kind of throughout some of the different conversations and different answers that you've been having but can you kind of spell out what the different qualifiers and factors are that go into the star rating so for a plan are they the same factors in every plan for every carrier what are some of those things that carriers need to make sure we check the box in order to get those five stars. Yeah, certainly. So um, they're, they're called measures. And so there's always about 40 or 45 different measures um, that, that go into star ratings. And every plan, everyone across the country, 
um, is rated on the same set of measures. Uh, although special needs, any contract that has a special needs plan, there are a couple of specific measures just for a special needs plan. Uh, one of them being the HRA. A member needs to complete an HRA, a health risk assessment, every single year that they're on a SNP plan. Um, but other than those handful of SNP plan measures, all the measures are the same that everybody's being rated on. Um, like I mentioned, a few come from that CAPS member survey. Um, some of them aren't even really about the health plan. It's, you know, how quickly are you able to get an appointment with your primary care doctor? Or how, how uh, did they follow up if they, uh, if you had like tests or lab work done, did the doctor's office follow up with you? And so some of the times it's who are we choosing to align ourselves with what doctors are part of our network and making sure that, that they're, they're doing things correctly as well. And that was actually a question I had too, is outside of partnering with brokers and kind of being able to tout a four and a half star, five star, whatever plan, does that also benefit carriers in terms of partnering with um, physicians, networks, that type of thing, in addition to brokers? Oh, certainly. And especially um, a company like Devoted, where we are new in a lot of the states that we're, you know, we're entering into new states, we're entering into new counties, and we're kind of an unknown quantity. But then if we say, hey, we have a five-star contract in Ohio, we have one in Florida, it gives us a little bit more credibility or believability when, because at the end of the day, a Medicare Advantage plan isn't something that you can pick up and shake and, and, and look at. It's really based on a lot of trust. And so mm -hmm. one of the, a really good way to build trust with doctors or with beneficiaries or with brokers or with anybody is by having a, a quality seal that's, um, you know, from Medicare that's, that's relatively uh, unbiased. Um, speaking of other places that we have star ratings, shameless plug, um, <laughs> I think we do also have uh, four and a half stars um, in, in Texas. And so again, getting that same payment rate, although we don't have the five star, we're still getting that same payment rate. And then a four star in Arizona as well. Um, I know you had mentioned not bringing it back to the money, but bringing it back to the money. <laughs> you had mentioned, you know, that we do, you know, get more money based on that that higher star rating. Why? Why should that? Why should we care about that? Where's that money going? Well, the quality bonus payment, you know, one part of that is it's really important because that's um, only goes to plans at four, four and a half, or five stars, and that's money that we can turn around and put into richer benefits for the beneficiary. So that means we can have more of a service or have a lower cost share or do something. That's money that just gets turned around and directly um, back into something that can help the beneficiary. And so that's at the end of the day, really helpful too, because again, it makes us maybe a little bit more competitive or just if we're in a place with a lot of high performing plans, we have to keep achieving that rate to keep up with everybody else or then our benefits won't be as robust or um, you know the the beneficiaries might uh, not see the value in it. Yeah, I think good to you know point out we're not taking that money, putting it in our pockets, right? Yeah. We're putting it into the member into those benefits. That's amazing. And I know Josh, you said that Ohio came out year one with a five star plan. Is anyone eligible as you like go out as a new plan, a new carrier? Is anyone eligible for five star ratings, or are there requirements that you have to hit before you can become eligible to get a star rating? Yeah, that's, that's another, I should have said the first year they were eligible to, to be rated because, you know, when you're a brand new plan, um, so, okay, for example, the star ratings, the 2024 star ratings that we just got in October, those are based on the member survey that went out this spring, in spring of 2023, 
asking people, asking the beneficiaries about their experience with us and with their doctors last yeah. year in 2022. Gotcha. And then it's also the colonoscopies and breast cancer screenings and flu shots and all those things that were done in 2022. So you need to have a plan in 2022. You know, we have to have members and care being delivered to get a rate in 2023. Um, and like I said, there's about 40 measures. You have to be rated. A plan needs to be rated on half of those measures to be eligible to be rated. So we do have a PPO contract in Florida that is much smaller than our HMO contract. And it, it existed in 2022, but it didn't, it wasn't big enough to be rated on half those measures. So it doesn't get a star rating. So it says um, not enough data or too small. Um, and that really is to keep the playing field a little more level that you don't have a contract with you know, a few hundred members get a five-star rating because you can call all 200 members up on the phone and say, go to your doctor, you know, take your prescriptions. Yeah. Um, and so you do need to be rated on half of those measures. Um, and so usually there's a little bit of a delay and certainly, um, uh, you know, a, a size requirement about midway through that year that you, you meet. So when we look at star ratings, you said obviously there's the five stars and it goes all the way down to one in that in that ranking. Is it better to have a one or two star plan than no stars? Or no, because if if you're low enough for a long enough time, uh, for a couple of years, Medicare can take that contract away. And if you're if you're low performing, um, and that happens every once in a while, there'll be some contract that unfortunately gets pulled because it was at two stars or two and a half stars for three years. And Medicare says that, um, you, you know, they're not doing enough to improve that that rating. And um, so you you don't want to be, you know, two stars, um, but you also it's it's hard to be a, a not rated contract because then you, it just is uh, you don't get the quality bonus payment of being four stars and above to put money back in the benefits. And you are like a small little little plan. Yeah. Tough to come back from, it sounds like. Yeah. Laura, did you have something you were going to ask? No, I didn't. <laughs> okay. So I can lean in a little bit. Uh, I was just looking at my notes, making sure that we kind of covered. I think we did. I think maybe we'd recap like some of the, yeah. Some of the big, big highlights here. Yeah. So Josh, it all? <laughs> <laughs> for the brokers who are, who are tuning in, what are kind of the one or two big dishes that you want to make sure that they walk away with today? Well, I think one of the misconceptions that I've heard in, in my time being in star ratings is that there's a team of star ratings people that do all the work and that no one else is responsible. And at the end of the day, everybody who interacts with the plan, you know, brokers, doctors, uh, member service, you know, we call them guide, anybody who answers mm -hmm. the telephone, um, salespeople, they all have an element of of helping to star ratings, or maybe they do something that could hurt the star ratings. You know, sometimes um, so many of these ratings come from a member's primary care doctor, you know, making sure they're, they're getting the tests and treatment they need or their prescriptions are correct. And so if a salesperson, if a broker signs uh, a member up and they need to switch doctors, that, that can be a point where it could go either way. If the member doesn't trust the doctor, if the doctor's too far away, if there's like the doctor's just so busy, you can't get uh, an appointment in a reasonable amount of time. Things like that can um, 
really challenge a star rating like right off the bat before the person's even signed up with us because they're not going to go see that doctor. They're not going to get things done. Um, and then, like I said, making sure that, you know, the special needs plan, there's that HRA that needs to get done, but then also making sure that people understand the plan they're signing up for. Because I've seen when people turn 65 or age into Medicare, um, it's really different than if they had a commercial plan, you know, from a job or a spouse's job in the past. And so taking a few minutes to, to help the person understand what a Medicare Advantage plan is, why, why it's a little different than what they're, they're used to. And then if they're signing up for an HMO versus a PPO, what are the differences there? Because a mismatched expectation of a PPO versus an HMO could come back and get us on the, the CAP survey if a member says, I don't like having to, to do this or do that. Um, maybe uh, you know, the plan fit was wrong. And then I think the last thing is um, making sure that the member knows that they can call our, our guide, our member service team, you know, anytime and ask questions and get answers and um, make sure that they understand that that is a great resource for them because, um, you know, people, you know, they can call their broker, they can, they can call 1-800-MEDICARE, but at the end of the day, you know, our guide team is there to, to help our members. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Those Thank are you. all really important points for um, our sales team and, and, everyone here listening <laughs> for sure before uh, we wrap though yeah are we doing like some random Josh, <laughs> yes it is the rapid round of randoms which means we're gonna ask you just some random questions and assume you can't get them wrong because they are not about star ratings <laughs> <laughs> so kicking things off what is your go-to movie snack popcorn popcorn with butter just old, old fashioned, good popcorn. It's a classic. Yeah. I feel like, you know, when I'm going to the movie theater, half the time, I'm not really going to the movie theater for the movie. I'm going for the popcorn. (laughs) 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 Absolutely. Um, Okay. Next up. This one's very important to me. So make sure we answer this correctly. When it comes to decorating for Christmas or the holiday season, towards the end of the year, is that done after Thanksgiving or before Thanksgiving? All right. So I got to see if my wife is listening. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a point of contention in our household. Um, I, we, uh, I would decorate sooner. I would start listening to Christmas carols like now. Um, uh, I back when we used to listen to C, you know have CDs. I've got like dozens of of, of CDs for Christmas music. Um, my wife has loves uh, Thanksgiving, and so she doesn't want to step on Thanksgiving's toes until after Thanksgiving. So there have been times when we've gone to visit family on Thanksgiving, and we're coming home like the next day or the day after, and I have the radio set to play Christmas carols the whole way home yes. because it's after Thanksgiving now. So. Um, you know, right now we, we don't do that, but I, I'm maybe I can wear her down and at least gain a week or a couple of days in there. Or because there's like, a lot of Christmas music to listen to, man. I feel like the Christmas music you should at least be able to do up front. Like maybe th- start throwing a little tinsel around, like just like yeah, to it. <laughs> I think I'll I try it, it, Laura. But if it comes back, I'm gonna blame you. I think you were talking about CDs and like it, instantly in my mind, I'm like, I know I have my NSYNC Christmas CD somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's one I don't have. I actually don't have that. One. <laughs> I might. I think I might have Mariah Carey though. I, I might actually have Mariah. Carey. I mean, come on, you can't not have. Mariah. How can you not? All, all I want for Christmas is you, like classic. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Stephanie? Do you? Um, this is a. It's a. It's a point of contention within myself, Josh. Like it's not even with other people. It's within myself. Growing up, so my birthday is ten days before Christmas, and so growing up it was this big deal that I did not allow my family to decorate until after my birthday. <laughs> birthday decorations only. <laughs> birthday only. Christmas had to wait. And so we only got like 10 days of Christmas, but it's like the best time of year was every cozy and like all the lights are out. And so now I'm, I'm that person that's like, Oh, a little bit before Thanksgiving starting to pop some things out of the house. So I've converted. Just throwing a little tinsel everywhere. It's a little sparkle. Awesome. Well, um, I think I'm supposed to play music to close this out, but uh, we're at like our our 30 minute mark, and uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I I really liked our first episode, and Josh. One more plug. Yeah. I forgot mm-hmm. we we have the broker portal, and so mm-hmm. there's there, that's a great set of resources on devoted.com. If, if people have questions, they can go there and they can also contact us if they have really specific questions, because that's what we do. We do. We have a broker FAQ on star ratings on our learning center. So check that one out. If you haven't had a chance, good plug. Because <laughs> then also, if you do have questions and you listen to this, you've got questions, you submit them, tune into the next podcast, because we will make sure that we address any questions that were kind of outstanding from this topic at the beginning of that one. So we make sure we kind of close the loop. So tune in. All right, hold on. We got to play a little music to close it out. Here we go. Dance it out. <laughs>